Antarctica is a very strange place to, to be a gardener because it's the most hostile environment on earth. So it's it's kind of comparable to, to living on Mars, for example. Antarctica seems like the least likely place to have a garden. I want to know why techniques used to grow plants in the coldest place on Earth may one day help to feed people living on Mars, and how these technologies could be the answer to feeding a growing population here on Earth. I'm Evangeline Modell. You're listening to Salad in Space. One, zero. Relate and liftoff as the countdown to Mars continues. My name is Joya Massa, and I'm a life sciences project scientist at NASA's Kennedy Space Center. So you're kind of like a space gardener. Yeah, space farmer, astrobotanist. I've had lots of really cool terms. We, we are planning to send humans to Mars. The, the timeline is still a bit in the future. The goals for the first Mars missions are sometime in the mid-2030s. And so crop production could be a really important part of that. One of NASA's grand challenges is the challenge of space colonization. Right now on the International Space Station, the astronauts eat a packaged diet, but that packaged diet over time actually degrades. And this isn't a problem for astronauts on the space station because they're getting new food regularly, but for those that go to Mars, the, the degradation of that food becomes really critical. So crop production is going to be a really important component. What would be the challenges with growing crops on Mars? So the Martian environment is very cold and the atmosphere is very thin. Mars doesn't have a magnetic field like we have on Earth that protects from a lot of the space radiation that could cause tremendous damage to the cells of humans and the cells of plants. Often you know, the Martian temperature is colder than any temperature that we, we've had on Earth. And so we're not growing vegetables outdoors when it's very, very cold below freezing. Right, so growing plants outside on Mars isn't an option. Could there be Martian greenhouses? We've had a number of different concepts and designs for what Martian greenhouses might someday look like. Some may be non-human tended. Perhaps they'll be robotic surface greenhouses. Perhaps they'll be an inflatable module that, that could be underground. There are lava tube caves on Mars, and these would be really unique but beneficial places to have habitats and to have greenhouses because when you're underground, you're protected from a lot of the galactic cosmic radiation and solar particle events, the damaging UVC radiation by building it underground or using the, the Martian soil, which is called regolith, and putting it around the habitat, kind of like bunkers, underground bunkers, and you know, for protection against bombs. The same idea holds true for protection against radiation. But it turns out Mars isn't the only place where food could be grown underground in bunkers. I'm here on Clapham High Street in London to visit a farm doing just that. Hi, nice to meet you. How are you doing? Come on in. Come on through. 
Richard Ballard is the co-founder of Growing Underground, a vertical farm that uses hydroponics to grow crops, similar to the techniques used to grow food in space. And that is the tube you can hear. How far below the tube does this go? So we're about four stories below the tube, the, the actual tunnel is, so. This is the strangest farm I've ever visited. We're going down 33 metres under London to former World War II air raid shelters. The vertical farming industry is seeing a huge growth. Worldwide, it was worth £2.25 billion in 2019, and that's predicted to rise to £12.1 billion by 2027, according to a report by Verified Market Research. This type of plant growth has its roots in research by NASA for space. They even came up with the idea to use LED lights to grow crops in the late 1980s. This technology could be part of the solution to feeding a growing population. The United Nations estimates there'll be 9.7 billion people on Earth by 2050. That's 2 billion more than today, with 70% of them living in urban areas. Can you show me around? Yeah, follow me. These tunnels are so long. So Amazing. these used to be air raid shelters, Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. They were built for air raid shelters during the war. And they've had bunk beds two or three high here. So now they've got plant beds instead of bunk beds. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so these are all microbes. We've got some uh, bit of baby leaves here. How much do you grow every week? Um, I mean, on a year, on an annual basis, we grow probably 50, 60 tons from this space. So this is a 100 meter long tunnel yeah. by five meters wide. So, you know, it's got 500, just over 500 square meters of growing space. According to research by gov.uk, agriculture is responsible for about 10% of the UK's greenhouse gas emissions, which is a big contributor to climate change. But crop production worldwide is also being badly impacted by changing global temperatures, with more intense droughts and extreme weather events. Vertical farming in cities can dramatically cut down the time between crops being harvested and landing on our plates, meaning less food miles. It also uses 70% less water than traditional agriculture. It does take a lot of energy to control the environment though, so continued development of renewable energy will be key to the growth of sustainable vertical farms like growing underground. So there's no sunlight and soil down here. How do these plants grow? Okay, so we use LEDs, which photosynthesize the plants, and we use a hydroponic system, which is a method of growing fresh produce without soil, and the nutrient is carried to the plant's root via water. And why did you decide to grow like this and not on a normal farm? Um, good question. Yeah, I mean, what came out of a lot of the research I was looking at was the three biggest contributors to carbon emissions were buildings and the energy required to power them, agriculture and um, transport. So by growing in a disused space and powering it by renewable energy, we're taking that first box. Yeah. Agriculture, we are using recirculated water systems. We're using 
circular economy ideas where we use a substrate which is a recycled carpet and we don't use any pesticides, only herbicides. So we're, we're using less resources. And, and, and then on the transport side of that, you know, we're growing very close to the point of consumption and we're re reducing food waste in the, in the long term. And the fans that we can hear in the background, are they like helping the plants by circulating the air? Or? Yeah, so as well as light, plants need air movement and in fact that's really quite key to a lot of the growth of plants. So what we do is recreating the perfect environment for our plant. You know, we're the perfect sunny day, 18 hours in a nice warm environment for the crops that we're trying to grow and giving them a nice breeze that really helps strengthen the, the root and, and make a, a very healthy plant. And I've been told that this is quite similar to how they microfood on Mars one day. Have you heard that? Yeah, I mean, there, there's probably a, a lot more to, to growing <laughs> in space and, yeah. and, and, and growing on another planet. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you can recreate an environment that has what the plants need, plants will grow. So do you think vertical farming could help mitigate some of the challenges that agriculture is going to face in the future? What needs to happen in the future is we need to intensify yields from a smaller space. Vertical farming or controlled environment agriculture is not going to totally replace conventional agriculture. There's still going to be a place for, for both of them. But I do see over the next 10, 20 years, more and more crops being grown in, in a controlled environment. I know that things like climate change and population growth are going to have an impact on terrestrial agriculture, but I wonder how this will affect what we'll be eating. So I asked an expert. I'm Dr Morgan Gay and I'm a food futurologist. The possibility right now for change is huge. There's a, an informed consciousness. I think that, that just, just thinking about the world differently and just thinking about your responsibility in the world differently already sets up a different buyer. Part of that is that we'll see more local produce. We'll see a massive rise in, in plant-based eating. And I think we'll start to see more of that in cities and we're starting to see roofs, roofs being used a lot more. But in terms of the vertical farming, I think we'll see more of it. But I just don't know. Will it be enough? Will it be quick enough? Can farmers adapt? What does that mean for our land and our soil? There's a lot of questions there. Going to Mars may be way off in the future, but astronauts have been using similar techniques to grow food in space since 2015. Here's Joya once again. We may have astronauts, as we speak, growing or eating some crops on the space station. It can't be simple growing plants in space, so what techniques do you use? We're actually using a modification of a hydroponics approach with a substrate. So hydroponics is growing without soil. And you can use substrates like sand or gravel or what we use, which is an arcelite, a, a baked ceramic, to help trap water and nutrients in the root zone. But most hydroponics uses a nutrient solution. So far, we've primarily used a, a solid controlled release fertilizer that slowly releases nutrients over time. So the astronauts really only have to just add water. So are these systems similar to vertical farming here on Earth? Most of the hydroponic systems that are used um, in terrestrial, you know, vertical farms are, are based on gravity. So they'll have water, for instance, flowing down a surface. And in space, it doesn't work that way. Water doesn't flow. But we can design things that will make it flow. 
But there are a lot of other approaches under investigation right now because flying clay, you know, baked ceramic and, and fertilizer is very heavy and it's not really a sustainable approach to growing plants. A place where they've been trying to find solutions to these challenges is somewhere you wouldn't expect to find a vegetable garden. My name is Paul Sable and I spent one year working and living in Antarctica as a gardener. In December 2017, Paul departed for the German Neumeier 3 station in Antarctica. He was in charge of running the Eden ISS greenhouse, a laboratory for studying how to grow food in outer space. Being an Antarctic gardener is uh, a really cool job. It's You grow plants at the, one of the most hostile environments on Earth. You rely completely on technology to, to keep yourself alive, but also to keep the plants alive. So yeah, Antarctica is is similar to Mars. It's um, You are far away from home. You have an environment where you can not live in. The research stations, they are basically like spaceships on the ice. Antarctica is the coldest place on Earth. Not the easiest environment to be growing fresh veg. The NISS greenhouse, it's, it's built into two shipping containers. So it's, yeah, it's isolated from the environment of Antarctica. Our system is, is very similar to vertical farming. Um, I would say that the major difference is that we are thinking in, on recycling a lot. So it's not just the, the production of the food, but it's also like measuring how much oxygen is produced. So the plants, we grow them with aeroponics. So the, the roots are hanging in the air in, in sealed boxes and are sprayed with water and nutrients every couple minutes. And we also have artificial light, so we have LED lamps, we have environment control in in order to um, give the plants the best conditions to grow. The moment you step into the greenhouse and you close the door behind you, you you see this bright light which, you know, makes you happy in the dark winter. And you see the green plants, so you'll see living things (laughs) in a a hostile environment. And... um, the, the, the plants are a little bit like like your babies so you wanna you, you you check them if they are all if you're all doing well when you come into the greenhouse every day and uh, if you see that they are not feeling well you immediately start looking for for the issues that cause that according to Paul all this space crop research in Antarctica could also be beneficial to food production on earth I think from the ISS project we, we can learn um, not only for, for space exploration, but also for sustainable food production here on Earth. We really use the optimum conditions and so they, they grow faster and they grow larger and larger in a, in a shorter time. On Earth, that's kind of the new thing to, to, to do sustainable uh, technologies and so on. For, for space exploration, that's, that's normal business because your systems need, need to be sustainable. Um, also, the resource utilization need to be sustainable because you're very limited in terms of resources you, you have and in terms of technical systems you have. So that's quite a normal thing for a space engineer. <laughs> Everything NASA is learning about space farming and all of the technologies that the vertical farming industry is creating could benefit food insecure communities. As we've heard from Joya, Richard and Paul, 
The lessons learnt here may help civilization on Earth and on Mars one day to live more sustainably.